When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. It's time to take a ride on the Steelers Afternoon Drive with our co-hosts, Alan Saunders and Zachary Smith. Welcome into another episode of Steelers Afternoon Drive. I'm Zachary Smith. That is Alan Saunders. Alan, just us two today. That's not a problem. How are we doing today? Doing good. Doing real good. Um, The van is empty. We got no one with us. Mm -hmm. It's okay, though. It's okay. It's good for Monday. We're gonna we're gonna fill it up. A lot of space here. I feel like I can, uh, you know, kind of recline my chair a little bit. No one in the back, just Ah. spread out. Yeah, it's good. It's good. Uh, Uh, Alan, I want to start with something that was put out. Mike Florio, Pro Football Talk, was talking about the salary cap, and uh, we had had a projection somewhere in the area of two hundred and forty-two million dollars. Now he he said that it could be closer to two hundred and fifty million dollars. Um, you know, leagues in a really good place. We continue to see the cap increase, but this is more of a jump than I think that we were expecting to see. Now, this isn't obviously just good for one team. It's good for everybody across the board. But if that were to happen, you know, the Steelers wouldn't really have to trim any more fat from the roster to be cap compliant. Yeah. So, I mean, yeah, like you said, it affects everyone equally, but not really equally. Mm-hmm. I guess it, it 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 affects everyone the same, but it doesn't affect everyone equally, right? Where like everybody gets an extra five million, great. But if you were negative five million and now you're yeah. at zero, all of a sudden that five million very impactful mm-hmm. for you specifically compared to everyone else. And that's right where the Steelers are. In fact, one might surmise that when the Steelers uh, released Mitch Trubisky and Chu score for and stopped there that they had a pretty good idea that this is where the salary cap was going to be, and that is why they stopped there. It seems like they made two moves that they needed to make before the start of free agency to get – because you have to be under the cap before the start of the league new year. Then after that, look, down the road, they're still going to need to clear another almost $20 million in cap space to do things like sign the draft class, uh, account for people on the injured reserve, sign a practice squad, fill the bottom of the roster. Like they, They need more space down the road. But in terms of like the things they were going to need to do before March 13th, it seems like they could be done. And that's probably a pretty good sign because now it leaves all those moves that we've been kind of talking about. Like, what are the Steelers going to do with Patrick Peterson, Allen Robinson, Cam Hayward? You know, those moves where it's like, you know, they will now have a very clear idea of, okay, well, do we want to have Allen Robinson or do we want to save that 10 million so we can sign Jalen Johnson? Right. Like, they will have a very clear A or B option. Uh, where there, there's no there's no money that they owe that they have to account for in, in those those moves. It'll literally be one for one, and uh, I would take Jalen Johnson in the, uh, in the scenario. Say, say wow, tough scenario that you're putting out there for the fans <laughs> to answer. Alan. Uh, uh, absolutely. I mean that. I think that's the interesting thing, though. And and you know, people were going through these hypotheticals and putting together like mock free agencies. It, actually, something that I've thought about doing, like just a lot of people do mock drafts, but like kind of putting them together and doing like an entire mock offseason. I think that would be really interesting. Also, Alan and I were talking about it this before we started recording. Let us know in the comments if this is something you'd be interested in, like doing live mock drafts on here 
whether that's like literally live with participation from the comments or Alan and I just recording it and talking through the picks. Uh, let us know in the comments what you think about that. But Alan, anyways, I, we were talking about the perception that Steelers fans seem to have, like this is the time to make a big splash. And I think a lot of that is because it's either at the quarterback position to make a big splash or if you're going to roll into next season with the same quarterback room, you got to make a big splash on defense to kind of like, I don't know, circumvent that move and just really strengthen the defense and say, okay, this might be what we have on offense, but we're going to take this already pretty good defense to the next level. And you look at like where they are cap wise. Is this even something that's in the realm of possibility for them to be spenders this off season? No, not really. I mean, they don't have any cap space. They're, they're at zero is basically the best case scenario. They're at zero right now. Functionally, they'll be somewhere around 18 million over the cap, uh, even with this improved uh, salary cap projection. So no, they don't have like to talk about Kirk Cousins, like $45 million is not possible for the Steelers. Like they just cannot pay that. They don't, they can't. You're talking about trading TJ Watt. What, like that's, that's where you're at if you make that move. Mm. Like it's just, it's just not feasible. Um, can they make some room to make a signing? One big one, like a Jerry Sneed or a Jalen Johnson, or, um, you know, maybe I'm not as uh, up to date on which tackles would be out there in that realm, but, mm. um, you know, yes, absolutely. They can probably make enough room. Like I said, you know, they clear about 10 million with Allen Robinson. I think that's kind of a no brainer. Uh, Cam Hayward, Patrick Peterson, both guys who I think deals are, are ripe to be reworked. I expect Cam Hayward to sign an extension at some point this off season. I think Patrick Peterson um, is in the same boat. I think they'll find a way to, to make it work with him and the money. Uh, but so th- you've got to find a way uh, to, to make some moves. Could, could it be two smaller, you know, moves instead? Could it be like an Aaron Brewer and then, uh, you know, maybe someone at safety? Yeah, but I, it's just like the idea of them going out and spending a whole lot of money in this offseason is just not in line with the reality of their salary cap situation. The good news is, is that none of their starters are free agents. They have um, Montrevious Adams and Levi Wallace are the only two players of note that are hitting free agency. And so they don't really need to fill holes. Usually that is the way the Steelers have operated is that free agency is to fill holes and they draft for the future. They don't really have that many holes to fill. Maybe I guess you could consider cornerback one of them, especially if things aren't going to work out with Patrick Peterson. Um, But really, I mean, they don't have, and and, you know, Montrevious Adams, I think they would like to have Mont back, but it's pretty clear that Keanu Benton um, has stepped up and has earned at least a piece of that role, if not all of it. And so uh, do they really need to spend money to bring uh, Adams back for what is, you know, kind of a part-time gig anyway? Uh, I think they're in okay shape with the salary cap, but they are not flush. They do not have money to go make big, splashy free agent signings. And, and I don't think that, I mean, that's not the way the Steelers have done business. And I think I just see a lot of people like saying, oh, the Steelers would never do that, like, because they wouldn't want to. Uh, the Steelers don't do that because they pay their own free agents instead of letting them go because they draft good players and they want to keep them. And they never have enough money to like, to get that money. You have to, you have to not sign your own draft picks. You have to have you know, yeah. cap space because your draft picks didn't work out and you didn't resign them. Like re-signing first round draft picks and second round draft picks is expensive. And when you don't do it, that's the only way you get cap space. One of the reasons the Steelers have been more active in free agency the last couple of years is because we've seen 
Terrell Edmonds, Devin Bush, Chase Claypool, a bunch of high draft picks that they moved on from instead of re-signing. So they had the free the, the salary cap space to sign guys like Larry Ogajobi, Patrick Peterson, Isaac Samalo. They would have never done that before because they would have been re-signing their own guys because they hit on their draft picks. So this is not a this is not a philosophical thing. The Steelers don't spend money in free agency because they're good at the draft and they spend their money to retain their own guys instead of going to get other people's. And uh, I don't expect that to change this year. In fact, I'm expecting a fairly quiet free agency period from the Steelers. Hmm. Yeah, that will be much to the chagrin of many Steelers fans. But I mean, I get it. Also, yeah, look at the free agent tackles. Uh, I'm good, I think, on this. Uh, <laughs> like Tyron Smith at the top here. I mean, how old is he? Like 50, I think, going into next season. Um, Trent Brown, who was just, I believe, just we found out is going to hit free agency from the new England Patriots. Uh, Mike and went on Wenu of the Patriots uh, who's better at guard. I don't know that I he is a guard tackle. He is yeah. a guard. Uh, Kai Becton, like what are we doing here? I, I, I mean, know. look at, I don't know what he's going to want, but I, I guess you say swing. I don't Maybe know. Maybe worth a flyer. Yeah, sure. But yeah. like Donovan, I, I, Smith, I, just, I believe is a free. I kind of like him. I, I think I could, I could get down with that. Uh, if you don't want to yeah. break the bank, or you just want kind yeah. of uh, Jermaine Illuminor is interesting to me. I can't, I, I for some reason, I thought he signed more than just one year, three million dollars last year with the rate because he had his best year as a pro in 22. Um, yeah, yeah. pressure rates below five percent in each of the last two seasons, maybe. George right is out there, he's he's getting up there in age, though. Yeah, again, it seems like the, be- the best players that are in the, are, are older like that's the thing so like you know obviously you're talking about like a short-term pact if anything i, I think, saw i saw at some point this offseason a list and it wasn't like 30 p it was like maybe top 12 or top 15 available free agent tackles and chris hubbard was on that list so that should pretty much tell you what's uh, out there if 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 and, and look respect to chris hubbard and the career he's had yeah if he's one of the top top 10 or 15 guys that's out there it's probably not a very strong free agent class yeah. And, and Alan, you know, the reason that this was our first topic, and I think we can kind of parlay it to the second one is last week when we had Wes on here, we were talking about, you know, the Steelers and how coveted their draft picks are going to be. I think, you know, talking about the lack of capital that they're going to have for free agency kind of goes hand in hand with that. Like, that's why those draft picks are going to be so precious for them um, in, in the idea that they're not just a quarterback away. And, and I fully agree, but I was like going through some scenarios where like a quarterback has made that type of difference. Now, the Steelers aren't picking second overall to get a cj stroud but i don't think anybody was thinking that the texans were just a quarterback away going into the 2023 draft and you look at some other teams that have traded up like you know i I know it was only from 12 to 7 for the bills to get josh allen but like anybody could have made the trade up that the chiefs did they did patrick mahomes that they made um so you know if the steelers for whatever reason did feel like they were just a quarterback away it's not like without of the without or i'm sorry with outside of the realm of possibility for them to do so with where their draft position is. Um, if they felt like, you know, Jaden Daniels was that guy, if they felt super strong about JJ McCarthy, I'm not saying that I do. I'm saying if the organization felt that way. And I just think that's an interesting conversation to have. Yeah. It's interesting. We just got a, uh, we had put out there on Twitter looking for questions. We got one here from Ben yeah. Cohen that I think ties in perfectly to this conversation. Ben says if tackle and corner are both reasonably ass- addressed in free agency, can the Steelers set themselves up to afford to draft Jackson powers? Johnson as a premier center. Seems like his mm-hmm. athleticism at 330 pounds is worth the first round draft capital. 
the premise of this question is flawed. Let me just say this very clearly and very slowly. It is not possible for the Steelers to reasonably address tackle and corner in free agency. That is the whole point that I was trying to make at the beginning of this episode is that like, I think people have the Steelers starting the draft process ahead of where they're going to be. That is off the table. In fact, I'll say given the tackles that are out there, it's more than likely that neither of those will be reasonably addressed in the free agency period to the point that you would be taking tackle or corner off the board in the first round. Yeah. That is just not going to happen. Um, yeah. And I agree. So, that's the one, that's why the one I've been talking about addressing free agency is safety, because I just feel like you can get a starting caliber player that isn't going to break the safety bank and maybe agency. center. I feel like I, I love this center draft class, but I feel like addressing center and free agency is a lot more linebacker also is another place that they could address sure. in free agency. Uh, those feel like places that are more reasonable defensive tackle to be addressed in free agency than the draft. Offensive tackle, you're not going to get a starter that you're going to be happy with for more than a year or two. Uh, and, and, and even then that's going to break the bank. Like it, it's, it's going to be 15 million. Um, and same mm-hmm. thing with corner. I mean, maybe you now, maybe corner, you feel better about your long-term prospects with some of the guys that are out there, but they're going to be very expensive. It's going to be basically one move. If you sign a luxurious Sneed or a Jalen Johnson, that's it. You're not signing anyone else as a free agent. And in fact, you're probably cutting Patrick Peterson to do it. So like that there's, there's not, you know, there's not enough money out there to do those things. So I think that that really should frame the conversation about whether the Steelers are a quarterback away, because like, I think people have like a different team in their head that they're calling a quarterback away. This team right now with, um, you know, Dan Moore at left tackle with uh, Patrick Peterson. And I don't even know who the other starting corner is, I guess like, a, I don't think that Darius rush, I guess would be the third mm-hmm. corner. Um, like I, you know, uh, Corey Trice coming back from injury. Yeah, right. I, I, I just, I don't see how you can sit there and say uh, Mason Cole. Uh, you know, the, 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 and then if you're talking about making moves in free agency, that means moving on from more guys like Peterson, like maybe Larry Ogunjobi, mm-hmm. like maybe Allen Robinson. So now they need a slot receiver. Uh, so now maybe they need a defensive tackle. Uh, the linebacker position is all held together by two older guys coming off injuries that we don't know how effective they're going to be with not much behind them. Like that, this team isn't really that close to being a quarterback away. And I think that really in, in the, in the inability of that, this team to do much in free agency should put the, the, the value of those draft picks into real, real clear picture. Like the question is not, do you, do you think Justin Fields is better than Kenny Pickett. The question is, do you, would you rather have Justin Fields or Kenny Pickett, Zach Frazier, and another $22 million to spend over the next two seasons in free agency? Like that's, that's the real question. And I think at that point, like, I think it becomes real easy to make the argument for Kenny Pickett. Like, I, I mean, I, would you rather have Kenny Pickett, Jalen Johnson, and Zach Frazier, or, Darius Rush, Justin Fields, and Mason Cole at those three positions, like that. Sure, yeah. I mean, I, I don't know how. Oh, and also, you know, you're talking about twenty million dollars for Fields next year. If things don't go right for Kenny Pickett this year, and don't get me wrong, I'm not trying to throw away the 2024 season. They can move off of him very easily. Nothing, like, nothing whatsoever. Yeah. Right? Yeah. It's and so uh, now, if you if you t- say okay, 
I understand that. I understand that Fields or Kirk Cousins, right, with a big free agent uh, a price tag, like they just don't have the resources to do that. Okay, but you still want to upgrade on Kenny Pickett? You want to give yourself a chance to upgrade on Kenny Pickett? I think it makes a very good argument for Russell Wilson because he's not going to be expensive. The Broncos have to pay him $39 million no matter what he – well, there will be an offset, right? So the Broncos are on the hook for 39. The Steelers pay him one. The Broncos pay 38. The Steelers pay him two. The Broncos pay 37. The Steelers pay him 38. The Broncos pay one. Outside of bidding for another team to get him, there is no reason for the Steelers to pay him any more than, than they have to. And, and really, that bidding doesn't yeah. really matter, right? It's just about how much – of an opportunity they could provide to him. Now, maybe because they seem to be uh, sort of dead set on giving Kenny Pickett another chance to win the job. Maybe a team like the Raiders who would say, Aiden O'Connell, no, we don't care about that guy at all. Come on, Russ, be our guy. Uh, maybe that might be a better opportunity for him. And get to play against Denver twice. There you go. Uh, maybe he also stay out West. He's been on the West Coast uh, his mm-hmm. entire career. Um, so, yeah, I mean, look, I think the Raiders are probably a better fit for Russell Wilson, but I think you can make the case better that Russell Wilson signing Russell Wilson makes more sense than trading like a second round pick for Justin Fields and then paying him $22 million next year. Like I, I just, I think uh, we're not really dealing in reality when we're talking about the team, its needs and how, and like, and Justin Fields is, it would be one thing if you're getting just a sure thing guy, but he's not, you know, he's a big, as big of a question mark as Pickett is maybe a question mark with a higher upside, but certainly not a question mark with a higher floor. Like they, they, he could very well be the worst player in 2024. Like that is not, you know, that would not be super surprising if that ends up being the case. And then like the last part of your, your question. Okay. So the Texans aren't a player away and they draft CJ Stroud and look what happens. And, And I, I think when you're that bad, it doesn't matter, right? When you're when you need everything, you just draft the best of whatever you can get your hands on, right? It's not like the Texans were drafting for need when they drafted a quarterback. They just drafted the guy they thought was the best player in the draft class. By the way, they were right, uh, and it, it you know that you just you just go down the line. I, it's different when you're talking about trading away or spending multiple assets on one position when you have multiple needs. That becomes a lot more difficult. That was random. Yeah. I lost you. What did you see? I It just kept talking, and then it, my like browser refreshed. The page refreshed. All right. I'm here. I think we're still recording. This we're could talking. be bad. Well, yeah, I mean, that's that's a good point. They definitely, they definitely were right. Look at the rookie season that C.J. Stroud just had, and certainly – you know, the Steelers are not in the same position going into the 24 draft that the Texans were in 23. Um, by the way, a name that came up that you guys wrote about uh, as Steelers now at center to me, that's very interesting. Obviously, some Arthur Smith ties with Tennessee. Aaron Brewer, who's hitting free agency, I think would be interesting, too. Uh, and they have his market value, like projected contract and, a, you know, how accurate is this going to be? But like, sign me up if it's this three years, 15 million. Sounds about right. Also, maybe a little bit high, I think. I I, I think it may be less than that. Center market is not not strong. I think Steelers fans uh, over, like, because of the Steelers' history at the center position and how good they've been for 100 years, um, Mm -hmm. I think Steelers fans generally overrate the impact of centers. Most NFL teams will tell you that center is the least important position on the offensive line. 
And so there is not a lot of guys that are going to be out there heavily bidding for a guy like Aaron Brewer, who a uh, good run blocker, not a very good pass protector. You know, I think he's certainly a guy that has some warts, um, but I think he could be had for pretty cheap if they want to go down that road. The other one that I clicked on here, just because like on spot track, they don't have it for everybody like this market value thing where they try to project a contract. The only other one that pops up here with a projected contract is Connor Williams of the Dolphins, who's coming off an injury, 13.5 million per season. What? Where did they come up with that one? No idea. No idea. He was making 17 million or 7 million this past season. I'm not sure. Not sure where that's coming from. Um, all right, let's answer some of these other questions. We brought up the one uh, from Ben there. Uh, I like this one from John tying in the uh, Yammer Yager getting his number retired yesterday by the Penguins, which, by the way, thanks for nothing, Penguins, for ruining Yammer Yager's night in Pittsburgh. Um, but he says, with Yager just having his jersey retired, who do we think will be the next Steeler to get their number retired? I was asked this on the final word uh, last night. Uh, so if mm. you are a regular viewer, you already know my answer to this, but it's uh, Jack Lambert was my answer. Uh, I think, okay. and I think the Steelers need to, look, I, I really think the Steelers need to go ahead and just make their unofficial, like if you're unofficially retiring a number for 50 years, just go ahead and retire it. Like what's the, like, what are we waiting for? I don't, I, I under, if, if they weren't going to do it or if they were only going to do one to keep Joe Green kind of, head and shoulders above the rest of that group, then I was fine yeah. with that. I have a real hard time. And look, I love Franco and I love Franco Harris, the person just as much as I love Franco Harris, the player, but I don't think that Franco Harris had a significantly greater contribution to those Super Bowl teams than Lambert or Bradshaw sure. or Mike Webster or Mel Blunt. You know, like th these guys are all all time greats at their position, all all time great Steelers. Um, you know, the, I guess the question becomes, where do you start drawing the line, right? I mean, I, you know, mm -hmm. do, do you do you do you retire, you know, Jack Hams? I mean, guys like Lynn Swan and John Stallworth are in the Hall of Fame, won four Super Bowls. They've never even unofficially retired their numbers, and you know, you you do need them, right? At some point, you can't be having guys sure. wear 115 out there. Like you can only have so many retired. So I, I don't know. I I think the Steelers should probably. Uh, at least, you know, the guys that were four Super Bowls in the Hall of Fame. I, I don't know what you're waiting for, really, at that point. I mean, guys are on the NFL all-time team, guys that were, you know, one of the very best to ever play their position. I think, you know, they need rewarded. And uh, I'd go with Lambert, but I think you make a good argument for a number of those guys. Yeah, I agree. I mean, Lambert is the one that I would say as well. Um, like, I, I just can't see him getting it before lambert like i i think you can make the case for both of them yeah, to be retired but probably go like lambert bradshaw blunt webster something like that but man like what an awesome moment Blunt's for yager to yeah. be there and like we just saw with the steelers man with franco dying right before his like these guys especially football players yeah, they don't live forever like if we're if they're gonna do it they should they should get on with doing it like i don't i don't really know mm -hmm. what they're waiting for and this is a completely different era, but like, you know, if for whatever reason we don't see another one retired from those teams, like do you get into the, the territory of like Troy after those guys? I mean, who else would be in between I mean, them, if, if anybody? I mean, if, I don't know. Like, I don't know. No, I would have a hard time retiring Troy's jersey before guys that won four Super Bowls. Absolutely. I'm I, just saying if, if they were just saying like, okay, Franco is the representation for the, the that era. Then teams. nobody. Yeah, I because I, I don't know like what I mean, 
I I just don't know. I don't know how you you get to the point where you're retiring more jerseys if you have guys like Lambert, Bradshaw, Blunt, Webster, Ham. Like the, if those guys don't have their jerseys retired, you can't retire any other ones basically ever, unless somehow you end up with like I don't know one of the best players ever. I, I just I mean as great as Troy Polamalu was. I mean, look at his career compared to Mel Blunt. Like, very, very similar. Like, there's not a whole lot of difference mm-hmm. there. Yeah. I, I no, I'm you, you mentioned Blunt. I, I don't know how you can go with one over the other and say, oh, yeah, this is the better player. That This guy deserves it more. Um, also, like, just in terms of logistics of it, nobody wants numbers in the mid to high 40s anyway. So, like, go ahead and retire uh, Blunt and Paul. <laughs> like, there's not yeah. anything. I mean, 12 and the 88, and you may get some pushback. No, nobody really wants 43. I'm I'm sure of that. You can go ahead and retire 43. No one's going to shed a tear over that one. Yeah, absolutely. Um, very different question. Shappy says, what would you like to see Kenny improve the most on if he is going to prove himself this year? Well, that's a good question. Um, I think the thing that he needs to improve the most on is um, reading the field more quickly and finding the open guy in terms of turning his pre-snap reads into post-snap reads and, and more, I think more routinely finding the open guy is, is one and maybe one a as a part of that would be hanging in the pocket a little bit more, being a little bit more patient for his guys to, and and I really do think that comes with, with one, right. It's a lot easier to hang in there and know that you're going to take a hit. If you know, the guy is going to be open. If you just give him another second. Okay, but if you don't see that, if you're just seeing, I don't see anybody open, then then when you start to feel pressure, you're going to bail, right? They're related. Like, I've seen Kenny Pickett stand in there and take huge hits to make throws. He's not afraid. He's bailing because he is not seeing that a guy is about to be open and that it makes sense for him to take that hit to make that throw. It all comes back to the reading of defenses and finding open guys, and I really think um, that is – the whole story when it comes to Pickett, there's nothing. I mean, look, is like, d- does Justin Fields have like better physical tools? Yeah, sure, but there's nothing mm-hmm. physically wrong with Kenny Pickett's tools. Like his tools don't pale in comparison to guys that are having success in the NFL. I look at a guy like Joe Burrow. Like they're not that different physically. They're, they're, they're very similar, right? And so, I mean, Burrow maybe has a little bit stronger arm, but it's it's not a it's not a big difference. Like the big difference is that Joe Burrow is processing through his reads and, and making the smart mm-hmm. play and, and, and doing a lot of good things more routinely than Pickett is. So I really think that's where almost all of the, the improvement has to come from. I'm not really sure where else there is for it to, to happen, but that's, that's gotta be a big part of it. Yeah. The second part that you mentioned there was honestly what I was thinking about was just being able to hang in the pockets and not bailing on clean ones. And I wonder, you know, I'd like to get your take on this and maybe it's already been, I'm sure it's been given already, but like how much of that is just breaking bad habits that he got away with in college? You know, sometimes he'd be able to do that just because of, you know, one, the competition level, obviously, obviously playing where at Pitt in the ACC, not to say that that's, you know, some scrubs that he's playing against or anything like that, but he was a better player than he was going against um now um and you know like how much of that was just him being able to get away with it at pit that you can't get away with in the nfl i don't really think it was that i think it's a lot okay. more that one i think his offense at pit was better <laughs> like at least compared wow. to the level of competition yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. like 
Yeah. Like sure. his offense was getting college wide receivers open against college defenses a lot yeah. more than his Steelers offense was getting wide receivers open against NFL defenses. Right. Like, mm-hmm. like so that's part of it. Um, I think the other part of it is just in college, like defenses don't change that much. If you watch a team on, t- like when I was preparing for college football, I would watch a team's defense on tape for like 15 plays. Like you get a couple third downs in there. Maybe they'll do something different, but for most of the time, you know what a team is going to do. They don't do that much. They don't disguise it. And not only do they not disguise it, like they don't have that much variety. NFL teams at the flip of a hat, you'll have a team that plays nothing but, you know, cover two all season. And then all of a sudden they'll be like, Hey, here's what it is. It's, it's, it's quarters match. That's what we're going to play this game. Something totally different. And then, you know, halfway through the game, when the Steelers finally adjusted that, they're like, all right, it's, uh, it's, co- it's, uh, it's cover two man. Like th- they can all change defenses whenever they want. They'll, they have DBs that will change the defense on the field in reaction to something that the Steelers have done. And so there was a play in the Super Bowl where um, the, the 49ers did a, a, a made motion where they were trying to use that motion as a man zone indicator, right? And f- I think it was with Isaiah Pacheco and Fred Warner just up and decides that he's gonna he's gonna leave his zone to go run with Isaiah Pacheco in motion because he thinks it's fake motion and he's going to come back eventually. And so then Warner goes out there, runs the fake motion with Pacheco, comes back to his home in the zone, and now Brock Purdy thinks it's man defense, it's zone defense. Nobody does that in college. Nobody does anything like that in college. And so I think the difference is these pro defenses are so much more sophisticated and Kenny hasn't really had the apparatus around him to have, like he didn't have anybody teaching him. Like he didn't have any quarterback development. And so he needs that development. He needs that coach that has done it. That's one of the reasons why I think the, the, the offensive coaching hires have been a little bit underwhelming. I hope that Tom Arth can be that guy, but, I really would have liked to have a been there, done that pass game coordinator type that we could really sit here and say, oh, he absolutely should be able to develop this in Kenny Pickett in a way that hasn't. But yeah, I don't think it was bad habits. I just think it was okay. this, you know, the transition to the NFL being very difficult and and Pickett not doing things that he hasn't done before. Absolutely. I think that, you know, I'm in the same boat for sure. Like I mentioned uh, with Kenny, we'll see. That's why I definitely wanted, uh, like you, I I thought maybe they would go with a more, a guy with some more experienced background or track record of developing quarterbacks. Um, 
but you know, Tom Mark could definitely work out. The last thing I want to bring up, Alan, this is a question. I uh, love the name here, by the way, lukewarm Steelers fan. I think most uh, Steelers fans are probably in that lukewarm position along here too. Uh, what are realistic free agent cornerbacks you see the Steelers going after, assuming they don't spend the money on a Sneed or a Johnson? I think that last part was the key aspect of this. A name that I think is really interesting. I brought him up last year towards the trade deadline. Um, and it seemed like they were just like, zeroed in on Jalen Johnson with Sean Murphy bunting who's hitting free agency again after a year with Tennessee where I thought he was pretty good um I'm curious to see like what kind of contract Kendall Fuller could demand in free agency I think he would check the boxes for what they're looking for another guy that could play inside or outside uh but again I don't know what that price tag looks like uh Kenny Moore exclusively and Nickel don't know what the contract's gonna look like there Alan does anybody you know come to mind for you again maybe not breaking the bank at the position but like actually are realistic targets I think the the slot guys you named, right? I mean, if they're going to move on from Patrick Peterson, yeah. I think I think those slot guys become realistic options. Murphy Bunting um, was a guy I like a lot. I thought they should have been interested in last year. I was you know, curious that they weren't. Um, Kendall Fuller, I would see him basically almost exclusively as a slot with the Steelers, uh, but I think he could be a fit for that role, but it, it could be – an expensive fit for that role. I don't, I don't really know, like you yeah. said, mm-hmm. what he might uh, want. Keyshawn Nixon um, from the Green Bay Packers is a guy that has played outside, mm. but has been a slot almost exclusively the last couple of years. Uh, I think he's interesting if they want somebody like that. Um, you know, there aren't really very many like true, like Stefan Gilmore, I guess, if you want to like, yeah, like, like a real like a real outside corner like there, there's not very many of them out there just in terms of guys that could i think really fit that like tr- like you know second outside corner role if it's not johnson or sneed i, I have a hard time seeing a, a real like shadobi woozy maybe I, I don't know he's not very good like i um the, 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 steven nelson honestly like he he's probably like one of the best options and, and i i doubt they're gonna want to go down that road again seems like that breakup was a bit contentious but um yeah it, it's not it's not great yeah. uh you know we continue to have these conversations throughout the week keep sending us your questions we'll get to the few that we still have left um from today so keep sending them in. Leave them in the comments as well but alan tell the people they can find you at a saunders underscore pgh uh on twitter pgh steelers now steelers now.com like and subscribe to youtube channel and that's about it there we go. I am Zachary Smith, PGH. Like, subscribe, hit that notification bell here. Hit us in the comments. Questions, like I said, comments about anything that we talked about. Leave us a five-star review if you're listening. Apple, Spotify, wherever you your podcast from. Brown Saunders and myself, thanks for jumping in. Take another ride on the Steelers Afternoon Drive. Mm-hmm.